Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Sort of, uh, I keep wanting to say quarantine. Quarantine makes it sound like I'm sick. I'm perfectly fine. I'm self-isolated. Uh, I'm uh, I, Well, in other words, what I'm trying to say is I came home early from work. I'm just working a little. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. I knew the uh, truth would come out. But and I'm using the uh, the virus. The virus is the reason why, and it and it basically is because if I, if the virus wasn't happening, I'm sure I'd still be at work. But with the virus happening, I'm like, you know, I probably need to cut my hours and go home early, even though at the office I'm generally completely by myself in an office by myself and don't really don't really deal with too many people, you know, directly. <laughs> so, so I could probably I'd probably be fine up there, but. It seems like coming home early is the right thing to do. Um, it probably is the right thing to do. But, um, Here we are. you know, Jimmy, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are going to be facing these same dilemmas. Look, I've got three. If you listen to this podcast, you know I've got three children in Ohio with their mom. And yep. Ohio is facing a lot of things that Alabama isn't facing yet. And I would, I would venture to say most people listening to this podcast are in the state of Alabama. And um, so it, I think coming down the pike for Alabama will be a lot more closures. A lot of uh, – they're already happening. I mean, a lot of places are already shutting down and saying delivery or curbside only. And um, that's going to be more and more until we get, like, some kind of big-time quarantine all the way around. And um, it's a scary – It's coming. It's coming. It's and coming. Um, it's, it is Probably. very frightening. Um, to a company like mine that uh, deals with ornamental cast metals. I mean, it's not like, you know, people are going out and buying toilet paper for no reason, but um, nobody says, oh, my God, I've got to order that cast iron fountain right now, you know. So it's uh, it's sort of humorously scary or scarily humorous for yours truly at the moment. But, you know, this too shall pass, and we'll get through it, and everybody will be okay, I hope. But, um, you know, what we're going to try and do is keep it more Alabama-focused, Alabama sports-focused, and uh, keep a little levity going. So uh, you guys stick with us. We're going to keep coming at this every day. And although there isn't always going to be a lot of news to pass along, we're going to come up with some ideas. I'll tell you, I've seen some people, and I don't think they necessarily stole our idea, but I feel it's better if we say people stole our idea. I've seen some folks on Twitter that I like all of them. And they're re-watching games. I know um, there have been a couple of guys that have rewatched the Georgia 2008 blackout game. And it's been pretty right. cool because they do things like, like say, I think that was the day Florida lost to Ole Miss, too. And they were like, oh, my God, Florida lost, you know, when the, when the score <laughs> came up. Uh, it's pretty funny. I, so, I totally, until um, you just mentioned that, and I didn't follow their thread last night. I know what you're talking about, but gosh, until you just mentioned that, I had forgotten that that was the same day. That's amazing. Well, and that's what's fun about watching these old games. And, Jimmy, that's what you and I need to do. Um, I, when we get off this podcast, why don't you text me a game that we can sort of zip through on YouTube and we can make some notes. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow because – you know, I doubt there's going to be a whole heck of a lot of Alabama sports-wise that's happening between hither and yon. Um, right. So that's that's. So you pick out a game. You pick out the game, but it's got to be something we can I can find on YouTube. Don't pick out, you know, <laughs> Alabama, Louisiana Monroe from 
1983, please. I mean, pick out something I can find. And that you can find. I mean, just look, you, you're right. going to do your – I'm more tech-savvy than you. you you're going to no do doubt. yourself a favor by – so – um, No doubt. Is there any is there any Alabama stuff I, out there you want to touch I'll on right now? I'll tell you what, what comes immediately to mind for me, Luke, what comes immediately to mind um, is the 08 Alabama Clemson season opener because – That's a good one. I, I consider that game to be – the kickoff of, of what we know now as the Saban dynasty. I, I think it began that night. I think that night we showed the country uh, that we're back, and we ultimately proved, in my opinion, to be the second-best team in college football that year, second only to Florida. I know we didn't make it to the BCS National Championship game because Florida beat us, but uh, I think had we beaten Florida in the SEC Championship, we would have won the National Championship right there in year two of Nick Saban, which is really amazing considering that was largely an inherited football team in year two, yet he plugged in enough new high talent pieces to make us a championship contender in just year two, uh, which, which is really amazing. It just shows the power of Alabama and also the power of Nick Saban's ability to develop a football team, not just recruit one, but to develop one. People that just say, oh, he signs the best players and that's all he is. He, he was the second best team in year two, you know. So I, I like focusing a little bit on that 08 season, and maybe uh, maybe we take a look back at Alabama Clemson 2008, the real kickoff of the Saban dynasty. All right, I'm down with that. So that's our homework. You watch 08 Clemson, I watch 08 Clemson, and we talk about that for the most part tomorrow. And and then we'll come up with some other ideas like we talked about with the brackets and best players and best moments and whatever. Um, so let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about just some regular goings-ons in the world of sports in general. Okay. So, Jimmy, we're back. Is there anything out there Alabama-wise that has uh, stood out news yeah. I think to me, um, and you're going to have to fill me in if you know, but did the NFL announce today that as of today, the draft is going forward? Do you know any details about that? I do. And the draft is going forward. It will not be public, though. It will not be, um, you know, there won't be like an audience like there always is, which is always very cool because there are diehards in there that are in there on day three when, you know, they got their fingers crossed and they got on their Bills jerseys. I mean, it's pretty cool, um, but it won't be public. But they said they are working for ways to make it more interactive um, despite the goings-on. And I think that that's a really cool idea. And it's also – it shows how cool the NFL is and how the NFL's just got it together. I mean, in the face of controversy um, like kneeling for the anthem or uh, guys, you know, domestic violence, any of those things. The NFL always survives. And part of that is just because it's football and that's America's love. But part of it is the NFL handles these things so well somehow. I mean, it seems like they're not handling things well. And then they're like, oh, my God, that totally worked out for them. I don't know if they stumble upon awesomeness by accident, but they it's, it's fantastic. And, for instance, today, there's nothing going on sports, right? I mean, the only thing anybody can talk about is coronavirus or maybe its effect on sports. Well, what happens with the NFL today? They have um, 
they have free agency takeoff. And so you've got Dak Prescott getting the franchise tag. You've got news about Amari Cooper still trying to get his contract done. And he's got to do it within the next X amount of hours or else he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And that would be kind of stupid on Dallas's part because they gave up so much to get him. And then in the middle of all that, um, Derrick Henry gets a franchise tag. Kenyon Drake gets a um, transition tag, which I had to look up. That means that he's an they, the Cardinals have a right to match any offer that he gets until July. So if he gets an offer for $8 million a year, the Cardinals can say, well, we want to keep him, so we're going to pay him $8 million a year. So it's a pretty good position for him to be in, I'd say. Um, but the big news, of course, DeAndre Hopkins gets traded to the Cardinals and um, for, I mean, really pennies on the dollar, if you ask me. I thought that, that they did not do a great job, uh, the Houston Texans, on getting – paying for his buck. But what it means is right. you could have an offense with Kenyon Drake, who we all know how explosive he is, with and Kyler Murray and Nuke on the same team, and Larry Fitzgerald, who's announced he's coming back again. So, I mean, that's a pretty dynamic offense, and there's an Alabama guy right in the center of it. Sure is, and uh, I, I think that trade could affect Alabama in this way, too. I, I think with that trade, with the Cardinals now getting their big-time wide receiver, uh, I think it almost guarantees that in the first round, uh, the Cardinals are going to take an offensive lineman with pick number eight, and that should be the neighborhood of Jedrick Wills. So I think it's very possible that Jedrick Wills ends up a Cardinal and being a part of that fantastic offense that, uh, that Coach Handsome is building. Um, I think that 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 one way Alabama can be affected. Another way is now that the Texans have lost DeAndre Hopkins, the Texans likely in the market now for a wide receiver, uh, and, and a wide receiver uh, that would be catching passes from the uh, uber talented Deshaun Watson. So, does Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy end up in Houston uh, with the Texans uh, a, a, trying to become wide receiver number one there? Uh, and does Jed Wills end up in Arizona? I think those things uh, are very interesting possibilities now. Yeah, Arizona all of a sudden becomes a team I, I'm going to like to watch. I mean, I was so thrilled when Kenny Drake got a shot uh, there and, and he made the most of it. I think that's great. And what, and what even makes it more probable that Kenny Drake will stay is that in part of that trade, David Johnson, the running back for Arizona, was moved over to Houston which, again, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. David Johnson, first of all, he cut. I mean, yeah, he was hurt, and so that's why Kenyon Drake moved into that role for the most part. But, you know, even when he was better, Kenyon Drake was the much better running back. I mean, much better. So um, I think this worked out really well for Kenyon to be a feature back, and that's pretty amazing. Uh, he and, and Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram – uh, all, all kicking butt. Uh, Jake, Josh Jacobs all kicking butt in the NFL right now, and um, you know maybe Najee Harris. Uh, fingers crossed, he'll he'll be there in a couple of years. And then Damian Harris. I mean, hopefully he gets a chance to to shine with the Patriots. Although there's such a platoon, who knows? Um, but yeah, that so the draft is going to go on as as everybody thought, and we'll need it. Man, you talk about frothing at the mouth to yep. have some kind of sports. Oh, my God, the draft is going to get so much publicity. Oh, it, 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 it hasn't diminished to me because of the let's handle it by conference call and, and just just put the picks up on the TV screen. Uh, I'm, 
I'm, I, I will be just as excited about, about it as I am uh, without there being a big show around it, which to me is was fun. It made it fun and it made it big. And I'm like, see, I told you all guys for a couple of decades, this draft is great and everybody now is catching on to it. But, but uh, it can also be distracting because what I want as a football fan is I want to know who the picks are, what the trades are, and I want to hear the smart football guys like Kuyper and McShay uh, analyze the picks as they come in. I mean, that, that's all I care about, and, and, and it sounds to me like that's what we're going to have. And, and, you know, I'm with you. I think if you're a real draft guy, the, the pomp and circumstance of uh, some of this other crap, I, I kind of wish they – maybe they can do something because there aren't any fans and because maybe that will allow for them to come up with an idea to let's speed this thing up just a hair. I mean, I don't want it to be crazy fast because I think everybody, you know, if somebody picks somebody that you, you know, out of the blue that you didn't know was about to happen, who was the, remember the kid that Alabama was Darius Hayward Bay, wasn't it, that the Raiders took and everybody thought he was a third round guy and they took him like pick number 12 and everybody was like, oh my God, what the hell happened here? And I think it sent some people scrambling because they they just assumed some other folks were going in that slot. Um, So you need some time, but there's, there's too much time between picks. I want to make less time between picks. And, you know, do you remember that year that the Vikings, um, their, their time, we always wondered what happened when you, when you go over your time. Well, the Vikings found well, we out. Found out. They we found didn't out, have, didn't we? Yeah, they, they didn't have their pick in. And, like, two other teams quickly went up there and drafted before they could, you know, sneak back in line. I mean, it's like they lost their place at the uh, post office line or something. It was uh, nuts. Yeah, I mean, uh, but how do you do that? But on the other hand, I mean, you can always say, "Yeah, we got the guy we were picking anyway." I mean, that doesn't really matter. But, but, <laughs> but what a goof! Yeah, talk that about was, some uh, sideline. Talk about some sideline mismanagement. That was a downtown mishap. All right, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take uh, our second break of the show, and when we come back, we will talk about some other stuff: Alabama, SEC, whatever. And, um, you know, guys, that's going to be the goal from here on out until we get some hardcore news. Uh, we're going to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter because I know a lot of people are saying the same things over and over, and we don't want that. So we'll be back. Jimmy, so anything else out there news-wise for Alabama? I did see, you know, there's still some recruiting talk out there. Um, we talked yesterday. Is it – is it Stello? What, what's the kid's name? The wide receiver that he narrated it to Clemson and Ohio State, essentially. Troy Stello uh, is that his name? I believe I believe that's it. Yeah, I don't think we're super involved with him, right? I mean, I think that's. I don't no, well, we're, we're not now because he named a top two, yeah. and we're not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I, I, that that was a guy. I don't think any of us were projecting to end up at Alabama. I tell you, I like. Wide receiver-wise, uh, Mario Williams is one of my favorite out-of-state receivers. Uh, he's from Tampa, and I think we have a good shot. We're probably second to Oklahoma there right now, but I think we have a really good shot with him. I, I'm a fan of, of some of these in-state receivers. I, I think Christian Lewis from Pleasant Grove is really, really good. A guy no one talks about yet is Malik McLean from Daphne. He, he's, he's outstanding. Uh, there, there's some, now, there's is he some going good... to IMG? Jimmy, is he going to IMG? That would be news to me, although I, although I don't, well, I, I, I can't, that might be possible. I don't know that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Let me let me tell you why I I saw I, you know I follow John Garcia, who's really good at what he does. He writes for SI now, and 
follow him on Twitter. Um, and he had an article about Malik McLean. I was trying to remember the name. And so when you said it, I was like, yeah, that's the kid at Daphne. And I swear there was something in there about his going to IMG. And, um, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess we need to look into that. I mean, you, yeah, you never I, know. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll look that up and have an answer for tomorrow. I, I can do that. But uh, I, I hadn't heard that myself. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if that's the case because kids from this area have done that before. Uh, but Malik McLean is – I, I I don't know why he hadn't gotten the attention. I mean, when you watch the highlight tape, you're like, why isn't everybody talking about him now? I, I I guess the knock might be speed, which is sort of a big deal at wide receiver, but he looks adequate fast to me, and he's 6'5 with a tremendous catch radius, and those guys don't have to run 4'4s to be really effective. I'll tell you who it reminds me of in terms of his body and his skill set. Uh, I think he's similar to George Pickens at Georgia. I mean, in terms of, to me, that's kind of who he reminds me of on his high school tape. And and Pickens was a big deal despite having highly questionable grades. I've never heard that about McLean, although going to IMG might be an indication of academic issues if that's the case. But anyway, I'm just saying Alabama has some options to me in state uh, that are interesting and they don't have to uh, to do the national thing, uh, though – I think Alabama is heavily involved with a wide receiver at IMG, A.G. Hall, who uh, looks like a really good prospect to me, uh, and he's very interested in Alabama. He's one of the top-rated wide receivers in the country at this early juncture. Are, are we sure it's A.G.? Is that is that how we're saying I don't know. that? No, I've, I just made that up. I, I don't. I mean, I seriously did. I, I've never heard someone say his name, and I certainly uh, don't talk to these guys. So I, I'm just guessing what his name is but i i know it's spelled a g i y e if i remember right i, I i'm going yeah, that, with a g i'm going with a g but i, I mean I don't it, looks, know. it looks more like a word jumble doesn't it like you got to mix those up and, and then i have never seen some other kind of riddle i have never seen a name like that but i think that's the genesis of why so many so many kids out there have unique names i think their parents want them want it that way i think their parents are like i only want there to be one of him or her and I, I think there's some nobility in that, frankly. So, if you remember uh, a couple uh, of podcasts ago, I was telling you about one of the girls I called in the uh, AHSA state championships. Her name was I am unique and something, and it was I A M U N I Q U E. Her name was have. all those letters put together. So I am unique. I was like, you don't get more unique than that by definition. <laughs> I would meet her and say, hey, nice to meet you. You know, you're right. You are. Yeah, hey, you, that's how you just say. You're you know one of a kind. You are. So that's cool. But but no, Alabama have a lot of, I think wide receivers should be a point of emphasis in this group. I hope Alabama signs three or four. And we'll need some big-time kids with uh, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith cycling out. Uh, they, well, we assume Jalen Waddell is going to cycle out. I mean, who knows? Yeah, he's yeah let's out. assume that. Okay, so let's go ahead and assume that. Um, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, so, you know, basketball recruiting wise, I mean, there's still a lot just on the table. I, you know, I don't even know where to go with things right now. I'll say this too. I did have the opportunity, you know, I've been sort of a, I've had sort of a crush on Cam Woods, who was at midfield and now he's at Pinson Valley. Um, he played in Alabama, Mississippi all-star basketball game last Friday night. 
he apparently did not look great. He only had 12 points in that game. And, you know, Alabama won big. I mean, like 115 to 93 or something. I mean, something along those lines. Um, he did not have a great game, though, which scares me a little because I've, I've been sort of secretly hoping that Alabama would eventually offer him and everybody's sort of like, wait a minute, he's not that highly ranked. But then he comes in and does his thing. Well, I had the opportunity to speak to somebody who had done some coaching football-wise at uh, Pinson Valley, and so he obviously knew some things about the basketball team too. And his take on Cam Woods was, okay, he's he is a great high school player, and he can score from a lot of different places. But the athleticism just really isn't there for a guy you would think that has all those uh, – accolades, of scoring accolades, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so anyway, he uh, he said he would be shocked if he ended up getting some kind of big-time offer. Um, and maybe he's a lot like Tommy Murr, who's the other kid the all, now, the all-time leading scorer in the state of Alabama, uh, who's going to Lipscomb, I think. And, you know, he averaged like 46 points a game, but uh, he's, people just believe he has a ceiling. And maybe that's the same way with Cam Woods. And it, it, you know, he just said, "Look, here's the other thing. He's not six one. I was, I've been saying, I've been preaching that. Like, I know right. he's not six one. I've seen him. There's no way he's six one. Yet he's everywhere he's listed is six one. And I just don't think he is. So that may be something that uh, keeps him from getting an Alabama offer. And it's going to break my heart because he's going to go somewhere and be a really good player. Now that being said, uh, I, I was. Kind of hoping Alabama would offer Wesley Person Jr., who went to Troy, and I haven't heard a ton from since. I mean, he may be doing okay. I don't know. Um, but I, it's not like he set the world on fire at Troy. So maybe, you know, he wouldn't have done very much at Alabama either. Uh, I miss on these guys just like everybody else. So I don't know. I just – I was kind of hoping we'd take a shot on him. Well, I think that's a position where we really need some help, uh, even with uh, Raymond Hawkins transferring, uh, even with people guessing Alex Reese is a guy that may not be back with the team, Galen Smith, a guy who may not be back with the team. Those are just guesses. But even with that exodus of big men, uh, I would tell you that uh, a point guard, a point guard or a combo guard is, is a big need on the team because Alabama doesn't really have pure combo guards. Assuming Kyra Lewis goes pro, the point guard can be Quinterly, and the two guard can be Shackelford. But uh, but uh, what about after that? I mean, who's after that? I mean, to me, Petty, assuming he comes back, he can play two. He can also play the three. Uh, Herb Jones, to me, is more of a three or a four now. Uh, uh, to me, even Forbes is a three, assuming he comes back. So I, I think uh, having a, a guy capable of playing the point or the two position is a huge need for Alabama in this late period, and that fits, uh, you know, your guy. Well, we'll just have to see what happens there. I'm I'm not optimistic anymore, but I'm also not quite as – I don't covet him quite as much as I did before. Right. Now, again, I was talking to a football guy, not a basketball guy, and he was just sort of relaying some stuff he had heard, uh, you know, from that coaching staff. He's no longer with Vincent Valley, but he was there when they won the state championship in football and basketball, of course, they, you know, before Cam got there, though, because um, right. he wasn't on that team that won that. So, anyway, Jimmy, all right, we'll keep it short and we'll wrap it up right here. 
Uh, want to encourage everybody to check on all the all the other Locked On podcasts. Um, there's Locked On Draft, NFL Draft. There's, you know, look, our guys. We want a big shout out to our Locked On Missouri homies. They've had each of his own uh, their podcasts this yeah. year, and uh, we appreciate those guys. You can check out all the various Locked On opportunities, and there's a lot of cool podcasts out there. No doubt. And now, and since you're going to be spending a lot more time at home, everybody's spending more time at home and not a lot, a lot of live sports on. What a great time to just sit on the couch, flip through a bunch of podcasts you've never listened to, and uh, give these people a shot, particularly the Locked On Network, because uh, with the Locked On Network, uh, you, you can basically hear about any team you want to, college or pro. All right, Jimmy, we got Clemson 2008 tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, we'll discuss it. I like Alabama's chances in this game. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. I'm, I feel I'm good. going to take uh, – I, I put Clemson in a teaser plus 13 and a half. How do you think I'll lose? <laughs> I'm thinking a big game from uh, maybe Glenn Coffey. But I yeah. don't remember back. I don't remember back that far to tell you exactly uh, what what I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to it myself because uh, while while I remember a few things that stood out to me, uh, I remember very few details. But uh, I'm I'm not going to be surprised to find that uh, Glenn Coffey uh, has a nice game and an impressive true freshman named Mark Ingram that may stand out in the second half. Yeah, my, and Mark Ingram got the cover of Sports Illustrated. Glenn Coffey didn't. Ah, yeah. See, see, we can recall stuff from 12 years in our past. It's all coming back to me. Um, <laughs> all, right. all right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.